reserved some for the foundlings. As it should always be. The foundlings are the future. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. Osiris. to the party pal the mind-bending film and television podcast you didn't know you needed i am one of your hosts michael shields with uh one of our co-hosts uh mitch lucas mitch how you doing i'm doing good awesome so happy new year happy new year to you and happy new year to uh everyone out there listening um before we get into this we have we have a lot to get to today we're we're trying to jam this one in just a reminder that Welcome to the Party Pal. It's part of the Osiris Podcast Network. Osiris is a podcast network bringing passionate fans of the arts, podcasts, and events they will love. Head over to OsirisPod.com for more info. That's where the goods are. Um, they have a bunch of new podcasts that are dropping. I'm just going to uh, talk about two real fast. One is Freak Flag Flying. It's a podcast featuring musician David Crosby in conversation with award-winning writer Steve Silberman. These interviews cover everything from David's early music relationships with legends such as Bob Dylan Jerry Garcia, and Jerry Garcia to his most recent musical endeavors. Uh, episode one um, was released just this week. It's awesome. Check it out. They'll be dropping those weekly. And another one they have uh, that's near and dear to my heart. It's called Still Chasing It. Uh, it gets released uh, January 15th. I am involved in it. Still Chasing is a limited podcast series I co-host with comedian and the host of the Amazing Amigos podcast, Mike Fenoya. It dives deeply into obsession and the engrossing art that entices admirers to the point of infatuation. Listen in as we unpack our shared addiction, a love of live music and particularly of the band Fish, as we expound upon the risk and rewards of chasing a band and the lessons learned from the, the experience, including self-acceptance, forgiveness and risk taking so that that is released january 15th i'm gonna um uh, plug in the trailer for that later in the episode uh so let's get into it so this is a deeply star wars um episode and so uh, star wars has been uh putting out some uh content yeah. these days and so uh 
Let's start with The Mandalorian, I'm thinking. This is the uh, American Space Western from Disney Plus set in the Star Wars universe, and that takes place five years after the events of Return of the Jedi and 25 years prior to the events of Star uh, of uh, Force Awakens, right? That's right. Um, it's funny. I love how they're placing all these different Star Wars in these different you know spots Absolutely. within within the whole thing. So this uh, it follows the journey of a Mandalorian bounty hunter who is played by Pedro Pascal and uh, John Favreau serves as creator, head writer, and showrunner. I um I loved it. Deeply, oh, deeply. Yeah, you felt yeah. the same way? I did. Um, the tone and the, the slower pacing uh, was a great change from what you get in the, the trilogy. The bigger, yep. Trilogy films, which move very fast. And yeah. uh, these felt much more like spaghetti western films, Sergio Leone, and, and uh, dealing with like the vastness of, of these lonely planets. Yep. And, and the... Uh, Dark characters you encounter. Yeah, no, I mean the idea that it does feel like a western, um, and we're going to talk about the score, how that adds to it as well. But uh, it's, I mean, it's set in deeply in the outer rims, and so it's it is it's, it's way out there in the universe. It feels removed, um, but it also feels very familiar too. I mean, it's just the the, the aesthetic of it, whether it's the um, you know, it, it felt like it harkened back to the original aesthetic with the, the, the puppeteering and, and you know, I don't know. It just, it, it, it gave the fan service that I'm looking for to Star Wars to me in a major way. Yeah, it felt very much like if you were watching Star Wars and instead of following that same plot, you got to turn the camera to the left or to the right and yeah. see what was happening in another room or... The next town over, mm-hmm. and I think that's something that fans were always excited about was what are, what are these minor characters doing uh, to get to that point? And so, mm-hmm. I not necessarily minor characters, but there's so much background. Uh, there's so many background characters in the original yeah. trilogy. Now you're getting a chance to give them some time to see what their lives are about. Yeah, how they got to where they are, which is cool. And I also. Um, you know, I've always thought that, and always hoped that um, Star Wars would get kind of the episodic television treatment. And um, I was a Star Trek fan, and I loved, um, particularly the Next Generation. And I loved that each episode was kind of this this journey onto its own, not even part of this larger picture. Each episode kind of had a beginning, middle, and end. And and we see that a lot in the Mandalorian, where it kind of takes on that Star Trek um, kind of uh, ethos, where each each episode, they're they're doing something different, especially in the yeah. middle part of the series. Yeah, I I remember hearing some reviews where they said, you know, that the plot wasn't uh, moving forward, and, and it didn't seem it seemed counterproductive to what they were trying to do. I think it it moves forward in small bits, but yeah. but every episode is its own movie, really. Sure. So you might get a link to the next episode, but there's always a completion. I think. I mean, towards episode seven, you seven getting, was building towards eight. Sure, Tanger. Sure, yeah, that was yeah. almost like a two part. Yep. But <clears throat> there's always a there's always feels like a finality. Yeah. Uh, the whatever the whatever the battle was, whatever the problem was, it sort of it kind of came to or, a conclusion, or resolved. Yeah. In whatever way, it needs which is to be. great. I mean, and that is something that that you know, not all um, you know series or, or television series need to be this this kind of continuous thread. They can each be their own. Entity and and I think yeah. I think that was exciting. 
yeah, and if, fun. If you're a lover of, you know, HBO series, Westworld, things like that, you love the show, but you often feel like you got nowhere. You, it, yeah. it often feels like an incomplete sentence some sure. of the episodes, and you still love them. Uh, but in The Mandalorian, I feel like you get a full story each one, each time. You yeah, yeah. I mean, you could sit down and you can watch, you know, the jailbreak one on its yeah. own. And, you know, you you get that beginning, middle and end and have that fun ride. And uh, yeah, yeah. Um, we're burying the lead here. I mean, baby Yoga, Yoda uh, and, you know, has taken the world by storm and I get it. I'm here for it. Yeah, I, <laughs> I didn't see that coming. No, I don't know if no, no one did. Coming. You know what? I don't believe Disney did because um, I was personally trying to buy a couple of people who like baby Yoda. um uh, presents for the holidays right, right. and uh they it, it was hard to get i mean people i've seen like black market baby yoda uh christmas ornaments yeah and stuff. you can they tell when it's not really officially sanctioned exactly and there's so there's not a lot of baby yoda uh disney gifts yeah. out there i don't know and, and, and i'm shocked they didn't see it coming i mean but well, they didn't want to go into production on these things so you know they didn't want oh, that's these, true these um, prototypes at in the factories, yep. so you, they had to... Uh, they didn't want to blow up their spot. Yeah, they couldn't, yeah. They couldn't release this even to the toy companies, I yep. believe. And so uh, it's done really well, the, the character. And I know that they were concerned whether or not they should do it as a digital character or yeah. a puppet. And they may have a little bit of both, but I know that they primarily do it as a puppet. Sure. And you get that tactile feeling yep. that you got with Yoda in the 80s yep. and... Uh, which I love about Empire Strikes Back. You can see the the fabric on his yeah. cloth, on his robe, uh, you know, breaking away in places. And you got that similar feeling with this. Yeah, I, I spoke to the fan service earlier, and I, I, I just know a, um, a lot of fans that kind of our age. I mean, we're, it, right. like we're... Uh, where the original trilogy was was, yeah. was our baby. I mean, it, it, it was off-putting to us, the... the you know, the, the second trilogy that was put out with all the CGI and we just yeah. always been yearning to go back to that. And I know JJ and the gang did did, did a good job kind of going back to that as well. Yeah. But this is just they, they just nailed it, you know, right for our needs in that way. Yes, I believe that Lucasfilm set up a division just for television post-production for this show, which yeah. I think is going to be, you know, it's going to grow for shows to come. Mm hmm. And it really Great. is bumping up against um, theatrical level quality effects. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't there wasn't too many shots where I didn't feel like they had enough money to pull it off. And nope. everything really uh, feels as high end as it should. Mm -hmm. Perfectly believable for television. Yep. And uh, yeah, it's something that you know, getting a sh getting an episode every week is super fun. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't have to wait. Years, yeah. you get a little bit of it, and yeah, it's it's just. Uh, I think it's something that Star Wars fans are going to enjoy for a yeah. long time coming. Yeah, I know they so they're coming back in fall. Um, I'm hearing rumors of an Obi Wan Kenobi series to the same type of um, situation, a younger Obi Wan, right. which would which would be really cool. So uh, the cast was really special in the Mandalorian. I mean, I felt like even the uh, most secondary of characters were were being played by by people I know. I mean, when you know. Nick Nolte's involved, a, a voice yeah. and voicing character. Um, Werner Herzog. I mean, Werner that's not Herzog even a big role, but the, my favorite character. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's. I don't think he's. 
He said he'd never seen Star Wars before. I love reading the articles about yeah. him. Like, just he's like, I don't know this yeah. world. I just, I just want to try this role or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and you get Amy Sedaris. Yep. And uh, as the outer or the Tatooine, uh, mm-hmm. she's a gra- works at a garage. Yeah, you know? yeah. And Bobby Carnavale's song "Son" was in that same um, right. episode. Um, and just, uh, I mean, uh, yeah. It, I mean, G- G- John Carlo Esposito shows up at the end, even to the point where one of the um, um, stormtroopers in that final episode was um, uh, it was Jason Sudeikis. Yes, you know that, and you know Horatio Sands opens the it show. opens the show blue uh, mm-hmm. alien that's gone. Yeah, uh, you know that's uh, jump ship and um, Bill Burr in it. I mean, it just it just seemed that um, uh, what Mark Boone Jr. I think his name. You ever watched Sons of Anarchy? No, he was one of the guys um, in that Bill Burr episode, but. It oh, just the, felt, the big, the big guy, big guy with the big beard. Yeah, yep. Um, it just felt like yes, like you were you're were implying like no, you know, if they wanted someone, they were going to get them, and just yeah. I mean, well, that was, focus on comedic actors, um, you know, it it added a, a nice edge of uh, sort of an alternative vibe to it. Yeah, uh, seeing yeah. the stormtroopers argue over whether you know about baby Yoda yeah. and handling it and mishandling it. I mean, those are, I love, those are good things. I love at that moment. They were, they were kind of, um, playing off the idea of their incompetence, Yeah, you know, I mean, showing them as kind of like, you know, why they're the lower rung. And then they try to shoot the, uh, the, you know, they're missing, they're shooting some sort of can yeah. or little thing and, and they're missing it. And yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of knocking what they, what they were. Um, the sounds, I mean, just like the, 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 the noises that you hear, the, uh, it was composed by Ludwig um, Göransson, um, okay. but I mean, it did have that Western feel, that, like yeah, the, those... sort of, sort of futuristic Western, yes. digital yes. Western. Yeah. You, you get some of those uh, almost like calls or or signal yep. type of sounds. Uh, oh. There's like a theme mm-hmm. signal uh, mm-hmm. when he comes into a room. Yep, when the Mandalorian comes into a room, and uh, it's yeah, it's modern and. Futuristic, but it also finds a way to, uh, you, you know, call back to Western. So that's that's a tough uh, that's a tough thing to accomplish. Yeah, and he did it. It definitely and it gave, gave it its own vibe too. It was you know, yeah, you, it doesn't you, feel like a John Williams. Score. I was just gonna say the exact same thing. It's a, it's it's it, it definitely now to me it rings of Star Wars, but it doesn't doesn't ring of the original Star Wars, the uh, Skywalker yeah. trilogy. What do you think of? Um, you know, uh, Pedro playing the entire, uh, almost the entirety of the season behind the mask. It definitely added that mystery. Yeah. Um, I would have gone the, I mean, you could have gone the entire series and never shown his face until the last episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what they did with Darth Vader, of course, yeah. in the original. So, uh, but I think doing that and then going ahead and showing him in the first season, showing what he really looks yeah. like, that brings he, some humanity he, Yeah, humanizes him, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it took a while for me. I think we develop our understanding of his sense of honor and sense of justice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when the show starts, we just assume he's ruthless, a, a, a Ru- Boba, Boba Fett, or yep. you know, yep. ruthless, uh, mindless. So 
I think personally, I was taken off guard when he makes that choice to save Baby Yoda right and, away. Yeah. yeah, and they've done that move a couple times on the show where you think someone's going to get shot in it, in it, and they do a quick quick to turn the off. person who has the who gun has the and gun. realize yes, it's someone they else. Yep. Uh, you know, so that was. I, I gotta be honest, I'm not somebody who predicts how shows are gonna go while I'm yeah. watching it. I just like lose myself in it. So I was. I, I think was that's a good away. way to play it. Because I mean, I, I think a lot of disappointment by fans has been when they make the expectations of what is to happen next or what yeah. should when happen next. You write next. it for yourself. Yeah. You're gonna get disappointed because someone else had to write it. Someone else. It's, it's someone. It's someone else's uh, baby. So um, I love all the discussion during the season. You know, is is Pedro even there? Um, he was, yeah. uh, according to everything that I've seen. Um, sometimes when he wasn't available, uh, a couple stuntmen, Brendan Wayne and Latif Crowder, would step in. But they actually, all three of them, sat down together and developed the movements of the character and who the character would be because. It is pretty remarkable how much I don't I can't say emotion, but just like how much you can get from his movements. It doesn't. It's not like a stale. I don't know. It just right. It, it, there's there's something coming uh, uh, being emitted that 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 comes off from what he's doing somehow. There's a slow burn to his movements. He yeah. doesn't he doesn't aggressively move about. Uh, so you know that he's careful in his thoughts. You know that he's calculated. Um, and when it's time for him to, you know, go go all out, then he does it. But there's a there's a a reserved carefulness mm-hmm. and calculated nature to him yeah. that that helps you. Is you know, I think each person who watches the show, we we fill in a lot of blanks for what's underneath and who this character yeah. is, and we do that with with any character, but especially one that you don't know their face. Mm-hmm. It leaves a lot for. It's like reading a book, you know, mm-hmm. when it's not all, when you're not being shown everything, you create a lot of it in your sure. head and, and it adds to your your vision of this character. Yeah, and it makes you feel part of it too. That, that, that's part of the enjoyment of art, your yeah. your perspective on it. Um, uh, I love Carl Weathers. <laughs> Just the <Yeah>. Mendo. <laughs> it's, it's very over the top, but I, I really, really enjoy it. I would have... <laughs> it's, always, it's always interesting, the, the people that they think of. I would have thought... Carl Weathers was enjoying retirement and yes. playing golf every yep. day, but he doesn't feel like he's lost a beat no. in any sense in his career. Yep. Though the, you know, though he he's mostly known for his for Rocky films mm-hmm. and maybe Predator. Yeah. Uh, but he fits into this world perfectly. Yep. And you know, serves it very well. He does. He does. And um, the setup they did too with. Um, his his angst towards droids and how that came um, uh, came to culmination at the end with uh, the droid. I don't know the number right now of what he IG-88? is. IG eighty eight is that IG eighty eight? Yeah. Well, he's based on IG eighty eight originally. Yeah. He may be another 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 IG-88. version of it. But they're yeah. so awesome. Such yeah. a cool the spinning and twisting around of everything and just how um, how that uh, how IG eighty eight went out at, at the end yeah. it was it was just it was really cool to. to Balance that uh, that emotion that that he had towards towards a droid. It was yes. wild. Voiced by the director of of uh, Jojo Rabbit and yeah. uh, Thor. Do you know how to say it? <laughs> Tiki, Tiki Watiti Watiti yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's brilliant. He's funny. 
I love um, following me on Twitter and just it's 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 great. So yeah, so th- I, that's where we're going. Uh, that's where we're going right now. Where um, you know the journey moving forward is to find um, uh, this baby Yoda's. It's not Yoda, but the baby. Right. What they, I guess they, we don't know the name of the species at this point. But no. the, the homeland. Yeah, he has to take it home. He's the he's now the official. Protector, caretaker, caretaker, yeah, yeah. and uh, and I love that because now we know what his goal is. Sure. Um, before you know, we just knew that he was on the run, and we, but there wasn't a sense of what he was going to do from episode to episode. Yep. It just seemed like he was trying to hobble some money together yeah. and maintain, yeah, and maintain. And now mm-hmm. we know, now we know that what his what his goal and his path is. And we were speaking on that. Um, Episode to episode, different journey. I, I I believe that it is set up perfectly for more of that because I mean now he's he does have an end game, but right. that's going to set him forth to many different journeys along the way that lead him toward that. Yeah, and so they can have all these singular sensations, if you will, along this ride towards towards that end goal. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make one thing that's driving me crazy. Do it. Every I, time, I have something else too. I want to talk every about time he has every time he has a mission, he has to like leave the baby somewhere. And yeah. it, it makes me so nervous yeah. the whole episode. <laughs> I want him to find some sort of foolproof like you know in the jailbreak he left it in a closet. Yeah. With with, with like a, a droid he doesn't trust. <laughs> yeah. And I don't we, he has to know better. Yeah. I mean this is definitely the smartest guy in the room. But every time he, he, he does join up with I think because he doesn't have a choice, but he joins up yeah. with a lot of people he shouldn't trust. Sure. And we gotta find some sort of <laughs> We need some better care for this baby. Yeah, we need a preschool that like a galactic preschool that yep. is close to every 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 I, spot. I because yeah. I can only assume and um I think a lot of people will be really upset if baby advance uh baby Yoda advances much in age. I can only assume we're gonna be dealing with more baby Yoda. Uh, we're not ready for teenage Yoda like we were for teenage Groot at this point. I think He's, that would be thirty years or something. Yeah, because yeah. he because of the way he ages as yeah. well. Um so we're gonna get more uh <laughs> baby Yoda. But yeah, I was I was thinking about um Baby Yoda's capabilities, and it was so fun to watch him use the Force, kind of pass out all cute afterwards. One thing that was getting me a lot was, if I was to overthink this series, when, which I almost think you shouldn't, you should enjoy it, right. it's just a lot of fun, but uh, they were always surprised when he used the Force. Like, with the, the, the first time um, he used it, he, when he uh, kind of raised, um, what I'm trying to think of exactly what the... The, the big uh, bull. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. A, it's, it's a mud horn, I believe that mud they kind of call okay. it. Yeah. But so when he raised it, I mean, it was obvious that um, that the Mandalorian was, was kind of taken back. And when he force chokes uh, Cara Dune, I, and he he force heals uh, grief Carga. Uh, like he, he, there's a big this, there's surprise moments. And and I, I being where this is in the time of Star Wars. Yeah. Even though, and this is the explanation, I believe, is that they are way out in the outer rims, and it's it's right. still existing as myth. But even that being the case, um, the the you know just the the every, you know it really should be something I think they would know about. I mean, yeah. Jedi and Mandalorian have been at odds for years. That's the history yeah. of of their things. I mean, they, they they're just coming off this big movement of rebellion that involved Jedi heroes. Mm-hmm. I just always assume that that those, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just, 
that these it, it's always a new character that's seeing it for the first time. Yeah. I I if I'm No, I think you're right. Maybe right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so there's that but it's also the moment I think is always it's so incredible. Of, in, there's a lot of intensity going on. Yeah. So, and if you haven't seen something like that, that yeah. magic is going to be off-putting, even yeah. if you know of it. Yeah, it's maybe an interesting I'm moment of clarity in these shows when things, you know, things go all to a hell. There's like that thing that cleans it all up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the uh, smart bomb. Yeah, and to, and to get nerdy and to build off 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 of this, so the series ends with um, um, John Carlo Esposito, Gus. Breaking yeah. Bad coming coming in and he's Moff Gideon and um he, he breaks through at the end with uh with a with the light lightsaber that's yeah, a, a dark, dark saber and this is this is another reason why I thought you know uh, that at least Mando would would be really um, in the know about you know the Jedi and everything like that and their capabilities but this was used by uh, Tar uh, Vizsla and who he, he was um he was a he was a Mandalorian and a okay. Jedi. Uh, way back in the day, he could use the force, and he was, he, you know, with this sword, he ruled uh, Mandalore back this from in the novels? day. This is from novels. It's actually seen in a couple of the cartoons came out, the Rebels cartoon. Okay, it's it's mentioned. There's like, all right. Um, so, but he is it's 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 lore. He's he's one of the most well known um, Mandalorians because he was that special. He he was the only uh, Mandalorian Jedi ever. Oh, And really? so, like, there's, there's there's a big lore about him. And uh, so that's going to be what's fun. You're going wow. to find out why, you know... Uh, well, uh, I'm Moff, learning something new yeah. about Star Wars. Well, that yeah, that, but, but we're going to find out how... Hopefully how Moff yeah. got a hold of the, the, the lightsaber, what what it means that he has yeah. it. I mean, there, there's... He's, he's going to be... Uh, yeah. I love the idea... And it just it got me so excited for moving forward that such a big character could be introduced just at the just at the tail end. And yeah, it's like, I it's, mean, it, it's uh, it's good though because now we have something fresh. Yeah, for the next season, we exactly. know we know who's going to be after him. Our, our whistle is wet, and uh, John Carlo Esposito is one of the. I mean, one of the more unpredictable treasure. actors yeah. you're going to get. He's, uh, he's so intense. Yeah, it's I awesome. Mean, do the right thing all through everything he's done. Yep. He's got uh, a sense of uh, style. He's got an unpredictability, intensity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's just a lot of there's a, a lot of good movies he's been in. So. Yeah, so it's going to return fall 2020. Um, and uh, Favreau recently tweeted uh, a pic of one of the um, pig guards from Jabba right. Jabba's Plaza. That was, uh, Palace no, season Plaza. two. Yeah. Yep, yeah, which is cool. He's, he's getting us hype, which is awesome. Um, so we have a, a, a to continue. Wait, let's uh, let's take a little little breather before we get into some more Star Wars um, to kind of just break this up a little bit. I spoke about still chasing earlier. Uh, this is the trailer for the forthcoming limited uh, Osiris series, still chasing. Hey, what's up? This is Mike Fenoya. I'm a stand-up comedian, producer for the TV show Impractical Jokers, and host of the podcast Amigos. I'm also helplessly addicted to the band Fish. For over half of my life, I've been freakishly obsessed with this band, the community, and the endless moments they've provided us. Ah, dude, they're kind of like an inspirational rock band. Now, at 40 years old, I'm taking a look back at over two decades of obsession to find out what drives this addiction, what makes them so special, and why I happily 
continue to make this band a priority over family, bills, and obligations. And before you judge me, take a look at yourself. You'd skip work for a fantasy draft or lie to your grandmother for a Walking Dead marathon, so back off. My thing just happens to be live music, freaking out under the lights with 20,000 of my best friends, jumping and celebrating, criticizing, traveling, planning, and partying. I just saw um, I just saw a woman looking for a kid named Nugget. Nugget! Still Chasing is a podcast series hosted by myself and my friend, author and podcaster Michael Shields. Together, we dig through our old college trunk and share our perspective on what initially drew us in, what keeps us intrigued, and continues to stoke the fire. Just was, as you noted, so compelling that we began to organize our lives around it. Through personal interviews with pivotal members of the community, friends, and forefathers, we not only take a look at ourselves, but we dive into the philosophy and beauty of fanaticism. For whatever reason, fish and uh, the way that they play, the way they mix up their shows, uh, was a perfect sort of field to plant uh, a lot of dreams in. Still Chasing provides a first-person investigation into the mind of a fanatical fan. It features hilarious behind-the-scenes stories about the band. Trey pulled up to a tent and got out and opened the zipper of the tent and put his head in and said, Festival's canceled! Go home! (laughs) Where a love of a band takes you places you never imagined. And I headed up there with a bunch of friends and I got the chance to meet and befriend Author, counterculture icon, Mary Prankster, Ken Kesey. Learn why we just can't stop chasing. I want to keep coming back because I'm feeling a pure sense of happiness and bliss and and nothing can take it from me. Still Chasing is brought to you by Osiris and is available January 15th wherever podcasts can be heard. So that drops uh, January 15th, and um, let's get into it. So uh, the final uh, installment of the Skywalker saga was dropped, where it's discovered that the evil Emperor Palpatine did not die at the hands of Darth Vader, and the rebels must rage against the clock to find his whereabouts. The epic space opera was produced, co-written, and directed by J.J. Abrams. I'm talking Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. So it's done. Yeah, it's over. The the Skywalker yeah. series is, is we put a button on that. We've we've got some finality to yeah. it, so we know we know what happened. How did it feel? I I'm gonna throw all of the trolls to the side. <laughs> Please. I was I was in tears a number of times. Yeah, um, you're not alone. I I I felt completely moved and satisfied. There's certain things that. I wanted to happen that didn't happen, but I let go of my, you know, it's uh, suspension of disbelief is really important in any any kind of entertainment. It's and the best way to enjoy things. Yeah, I I told him I I said all along I hope Luke Skywalker is in like the upside down world and he and he's coming back, but <laughs> that didn't happen. But you know, to get a Han Solo scene yep. out of all this, yep. that came out of left field. Um, you know, it, I think the movie for me reinforced how much I 
I love the characters, care about the characters. Yeah. I was very emotional about Chewbacca. Um, I was very emotional about... thought he was gone there for a minute. I thought he was gone. <laughs> I was very emotional about... Oh, Brooklyn is loud right now. Yeah. Uh, Han Solo <laughs> and Kylo Ren's resurrection. Um, I'm with everyone else. There's there's little things where I'm like, wait, how did that happen? Yeah. And what is happening? But overall, the emotional... The emotional uh, through line of it was very good. I share that take fully in that um, logically may, it maybe didn't um, hit all the marks in, and make complete sense in a lot of ways right. or uh, emotionally. Absolutely. Yeah. I was touched. I didn't know I was going to feel that way at the end. Uh, the, the, the film works on an emotional level that, um, that, that I, I almost didn't see coming. And uh, I let go and I was touched. All the star Wars feels were yeah. there and it just I um I think I learned a lot from my disappointment. I was one of the people disappointed in the last shot. I was too. Yeah, and I didn't. Yeah, I I actually put a lot of that burden, and I can dissect it in a lot of different ways. But I put a lot of that burden on myself. Really? I went in with uh, maybe the highest. I really liked the Force Awakens. I, I thought we were, we were blasting off into uh, another just brilliant, cohesive, fun trilogy. And I, I went in with an expectations that, that were unreasonable. Yeah. Um, and I know there's a lot of changes in, in the narrative, and, and Ryan Johnson tried to do some different things that, that I know some people believe worked really well and, and some people believe didn't work that well. Um, but uh, the feeling I was left with after that was a disappointment that, I, that I've, I've thought about a lot. And, and I kind of framed a new mindset going into this one where I, first off, moderated my expectations and secondly, just went in like, look, what am I doing here? This is yeah. this is Star Wars. I've always, yeah. you know, I, I've, I've never needed it. You know, I love sci-fi and nerdy films that, that are deep, are complex, are, are different. But I've never needed that from Star Wars. I've, Star Wars is an escapism for me. It's right. a fun place for me. And I, I went to that mindset where I am going to have fun with this. I know this is going to be fun. Yeah. They're going to be flying through space. Characters I love are going to be in the Millennium Falcon. They're going to do some different stuff I'm not going to see coming. And I'm just going to soak it in and enjoy it. And I surely did. That's exactly how I felt. You know, on by the time you get to the third movie of of the Star Wars trilogies, you're not seeing, like, we've, Force Awakens, we got a chance to see something new that we hadn't seen for a number of years, like the return of Han Solo, the return of Luke Skywalker. Now we've seen these characters, and it's a little different. We're familiar with things. So you have to, you have to really be bold in your vision if people aren't, aren't going to get, you know, bored. And that's how I felt. I was like, well, they're just, they're really, they're throwing out all the stops, and and it's spectacle. Yeah. It's it's plot points, mm-hmm. and you know, bringing back the emperor, it helps us circle the whole thing back and, to it, and it puts a button on who the most powerful person was, you know, who the man the in villain. the universe was. I will, um, I I will say that I do uh, almost any criticism I've seen, which was which is is levied in an honest way. I do understand. I, I do understand, especially when that um, when the scroll on the third uh, part of a trilogy rolls down, and they are introducing uh, the villain of that trilogy. Then, 
I, you can tell there was missteps made along the way. I mean, mm. they, they, they're kind of, it's, it's, they're redoing something. Mm. And I understand how that's off-putting to some. I loved the idea that the, the emperor came back, and I love where it went. But I also do understand that, that um, you know, it felt like, uh, it, you know, kind of like an about-face turn from, right. from it. And I understand I like that. That makes sense to me. It's like, wait, all right. So we're doing this now. Yeah. But at the same time, I like I said, I did like Force Awakens so much. I could feel the vibe of Force Awakens so fast when it means yeah. uh, Star Wars to me was not only escapism as it brought. I loved taking this journey with these characters I loved. So it, it felt like a little family going through it together. Yeah. And I felt that again. In this, the the family that that was born in Force Awakens, because I, I, Ryan, for better or worse, did start expanding the world and bringing new ideas into it, and was trying new things. But I feel a lot of a lot of the characters were separated through that process. Yeah, everyone and had their own journey. Everyone had their own journey, and one of the greatest things was the was the camaraderie along the way. And I, I was feeling that camaraderie just right off the bat in this one, and, yeah. and it just felt like it felt like Force Awakens vibes. Well, there was even a separation in Empire Strikes Back as far as Luke always had that journey he yep. had to go on in and the And then second he would one, come back and, and he was, came back. Yeah. So in this one, we get Ray's yeah. like doesn't go Return. on her journey quite uh, so quickly. Mm-hmm. She starts out with uh, Poe and Finn, and then we get that we get that connection, and I love that aspect of it. Yeah. We knew that eventually she would have to like seek out on her own, mm-hmm. but. It's exactly like how Return of the Jedi was. Luke starts out with them, then he then he goes off into to face Darth Vader and the Emperor. Yeah, and uh, and that sort of echoes uh, things. So, yeah, I loved that aspect. It brought it brought the it helped bring the emotion into it. It brought the friendship mm-hmm. and the camaraderie part of it, and uh, it was a good choice. Yeah, um, just to, to to halt a little on Ray. Um, it was remarkable, you know, we always saw the advancements in Luke's powers in the original trilogy. I mean, Rey was full-on badass in this. And, yeah. and, and, I mean, when she's, the Chewbacca moment, when she's pulling and holding a ship right after she yeah. just jumped over. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember seeing the trailer when uh, she jumped over that X-Wing fighter, and I was like, that's a little ridiculous. When I saw it in the scope of the thing, I'm like, that is just incredible. Yeah. And, you know, her, you know, any of the fight scenes she was in, um, you know, hat tip to Daisy Ridley's performance too. I think it's not talked about enough. She she put her heart into this one, and you can tell. I just I thought Ray uh, was an inspiring Jedi in this, and it was it was incredible to watch. Absolutely, and now she is a Skywalker, so that's yeah. really, that's really cool. <laughs> uh-huh. um, you know, I, I I guess I I understand that we live in a time where heated discussion is just part of our. It's just part of our culture now. Mm-hmm. Um, there isn't that level of acceptance of uh, accepting something that you didn't see coming. But, you know, for me, I just all the twists and turns and, and bold choices and, and out of the blue choices, it just helped for me to, to be surprised and, and to feel that spectacle. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You said the word spectacle. I knew I was going to say a lot too. Cause I mean, exactly. it was, it just, Time after time again, I was I was like, whoa. Not, you know what? I will say this. I am a huge sucker. We all knew it was coming with Lando. Great to see Lando, too. Amazing yeah. to see Lando. Um, I knew it was coming. Obviously, we all did when he was going to get help. 
But man, right. do I love the moment when the cavalry comes up. Oh, yeah, it's in absolutely. any film, anytime you get the team yeah. back together, you get the group back together. I it it it's I know it's like a cheap trick at this point, or just not a cheap trick, but it just it's a it's something well, it's, easily accomplished with yeah. the idea in concept. But I mean when it happens, I'm always like, yeah, here go. Yeah. yeah. It's part of the fabric of of the the culture of this type of film. It's yep. part of the fabric of Westerns and mm-hmm serials and flash gordon and war films and all these things um so it's it may be a repetition but it's to me it's part of the essence yep. of what we go to see adventure films sure. for. So, exactly um yeah when the avengers team up i mean this is take it take it any exactly. any sort of avenger i mean these moments are like you see it in almost any action movie where, where a character that might have veered off or or you know, went the wrong way, comes back, and yeah. you know it's and it just it, it does hit home. There's just, there's, there's now reason. Let's, let's talk since since we have to. How did Kylie Ren get back? He oh, left, he <laughs> let Ray take the ship. Yeah, no, um, it was it was uh, it was tough seas out there too. Did he su- <laughs> did he summon a ship from maybe his mind can can like. Call ships. Yeah. I don't know. No, I mean, well, you know, that's something I thought about, and you have me thinking about now. In hindsight, in that moment, I was, I didn't. Exactly. Did Those you? aren't things that anger me. They're yeah. just fun things fun that thing make to you discuss. think about. Exactly. It. I always think, um, you know, because you know, I've written stories with other people and everything, and I've also seen the meticulous nature and learned about what happens in a lot of these writing rooms. Those moments are discussed. Like like writers, when you talk to the writer, actually, they will have an answer to that question because they went through it. They had another writer sitting there like, well, all right, wait, how to get back? You can't just place them there, how to get back? And they actually, so there's also things that um, are written that, that, or the idea has been, uh, you know, brought to its full conception that we don't always see. Yeah. You know? Things, there's, there's. Footage that didn't make it into the final cut and all these things. So speaking of that, do you know right. about the JJ cut? Uh, my assumption is that there isn't actually a JJ cut. My assumption is that there was a longer cut. Yes, that but so there's know. there is there's the rumors started really fast and it, was, it came from some of the more angsty, um, uh, unsatisfied part of the fan base was that there was um, a full uh, 192 minute cut that JJ really was working on and that. That took a little bit more patience with with you know how we got from A to B, um, included a little bit more callbacks. Um, just overall, took its time more to get to that big culmination. Yeah. I would have um, sat there for that. Yes, no, I want it. I yeah. want it. Um, but I guess what we're seeing now and hearing more as a realistic thing, and it happened with the Avengers, and it's also you know uh, not to base uh, you know this type of decision on, on money. But yeah, putting out a director's cut is also another way to get money. But I believe a director's cut is definitely coming our way. It's supposed to be uh, between 142 minutes and 165 oh, okay. minutes. I think that might be a lock. But right. yeah, the, the J.J. Abrams director's cut became yeah. like a thing of lore right away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what people, you know, people need to go to the next thing and yep. think about. Like, I mean, that's just... That's the culture is is a sort of unsatisfaction, but mm-hmm. I I was good with it. Good it with it. If that's I also have this thing as as a person who watches films and a person who makes films. It's like whatever you show me, that better be the thing. Don't tell me you yeah, have something, you have something that you're something holding else. back. Agreed. Show me what you've got. Yep. 
Don't show it to me until you're ready. Yep. But when you're ready, show yep. it to me. I want that to be yeah. the thing. So. Yeah, it's fun. I'm such an apocalypse now fan. It was, it was wild oh watching that bounce back and forth. And, like, you know, I think he got, I think in this last one, because I did see him speak on it, um, I think this is, this, is, this is what he wanted. But it was always so frustrating. Like, is just like yeah. you're saying. Is there more? Well, what? he said the first time they had to cut everything. So then he was able to go back and put everything in it. And then he said, I think I got a little overboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so now I'm going to exactly. take out the stuff that I didn't need to yep. take out. And I'm like, I've seen the movie, so yeah, I you know, I I need I just need you to tell me what, which one, which I one, yeah. point me, point me to what what the answer is. I think J.J. Abrams has said that in his many words in the mm-hmm. past as well. I mm-hmm. think he said, I think the film should be what you put out. Yeah, um, Tarantino, on the other hand, he loves to be like. There's a four hour version. Yeah. There's a television show <laughs> yeah. version. There's a there's a, a a digital theater version that I don't want you to look at where it's like for the, you know, yeah. there's the roadshow version. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. Um, uh, we can't just not mention the word Babu Frick. Uh, another little mini phenomenon. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, jumping Voiced into the by show. J.J. Abrams, right? It was actually, it was Shirley Henderson. Oh, um, I must have got something. I, no, know, yeah, I thought he voiced something. I think he did. Okay. I think he did. Uh, she was moaning Myrtle, if you know po- Potter. Um and it in uh, she she was actually involved in helping some of the puppeteering. So I went deep on a Babu Frick. I don't right. like it. I it, love that. Love character. that character. Love those type of characters. I love the new droid. You nailed the other droid, the one wheel droid. Yeah. Do you know it? Yeah. The the little yeah the Pixar green yeah yeah yeah. yeah yeah Pixar looking thing absolutely. Yeah. Um, I love that. It's it was I like the new the new characters um, that they met on that like esque world or not, yeah. Not, so that was uh. Um, there's rumors that that might have been Lando's daughter. Not sure if, what what the deal yeah, is. Yeah, maybe the maybe the that's what JJ. Cut they said well. they 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 actually that was one of the things that's that's where I got that idea. <clears throat> People were saying the JJ cut. There was an a, a allude to that. Um, there's a lot of stuff in this film that could become its own series, yeah, its own spinoff. Yeah, uh, I'm totally fine if they want to do the Lando. Yes, Chronicles. I was I was all for. I mean, I'm just um, such a, a big uh, Gambino fan. I it was um, when Donald um, Glover was doing Donald, yeah, Donald Glover, yeah, 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 doing doing Lando. Yeah. I was all for. I don't know why I got all confused there for a second. Um, all for him taking the solo. Se- I mean, the, from the solo series doing a Lando thing. I yeah. just thought he he embodied the spirit so well. Um, I'm also a fan of Solo, by the way. I love it. I, I Rogue, really- uh, Rogue One and Solo are are two of my favorites of the entire. I mean, I, I, I speak of outside the trilogy. I almost like it's like yeah. sits on its own thing, but like they might be above almost anything else that's happened. I'm such a fan. I just watched really Rogue good. One again. I love how they squeezed their way into the world. Helped kind of you know pick apart what uh, I mean build build um, a better place for maybe what could have been a plot hole in yeah. Star Wars and yeah. just like just live in the world but outside of it as you were talking about earlier right. um, I, I like this positive talk about it I actually I, I, I listened to a, a few film intelligence podcasts as well and I, I, I sat through a couple just full, full on negative talks and I just I mean I, part of me has outgrown a little bit of of you know, the Star Wars movie franchise that are out there. But part of me is still completely here for that fun, here for that spirit, and just, you know, here for the nostalgia. I think that's what it's there for, because really, George Lucas has said, 
and I don't think the fans are ever going to hear this, but these movies are, are centered towards, like, young people. Yes. And it's about, We like, can't forget that. Yeah, it's about growth, and it's about things you learn at a young age, and it has to be a certain amount of maturity as you get older to know that some of this stuff isn't going to speak to you the way it spoke to you when you were a Yes, kid. yep. And yeah, you, you have to keep that in mind. Yeah. It's, it's, it's wrong to not when you're making these criticisms. Exactly. You're, you're, so you're short-sighted. You've got you've to distance yourself from your belief that this is uh, a movie that's made specifically for you mm-hmm. or people exactly like you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, it's made for a larger... Uh, it's made for young people and it's made for sort of for everyone. Yeah. You know, yeah. in as much as, I guess... It's a family movie can. at the end of the day. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it, they, I mean, there's always nods and, and, and fan service and especially these days, they really... <laughs> Disney wants everybody mm-hmm. happy. There's, there's no question about that. But, um, I mean... It, I, I just I don't I don't come from, at Star Wars from a cynical point of view, so it's no, me it's, it's just it's, one of those things. It's my happy place. Yeah, that's exactly. why I was that's why I was so uh, weirded out about how the Last Jedi um, affected me, and, and that's why I, I turned inward instead of outward with the with the with the like uh, criticism. I turned inward, yeah. and I'm like, this has to be about me forgetting what it's about, forgetting what you know, reanalyzing what I expect to yeah. get out of it. Well, all those fans who hated Last Jedi now are—that's the only one they like, apparently. So yeah, I don't know. yeah exactly. I don't know. Stick to your guns. It's you know? strange, and you're speaking on the criticism that's out there. I just uh, when I see that, I just I don't understand why. Um, and, and it's something we do here at the podcast. We try to focus on what we like, and, and just because I I love the idea of um, just letting things be, let people like what they yeah. like. It's, it's a hard world out do there. The episode of the sh- of we can the just not do it do exactly. We, sure. we just it, don't it, do the episode. It's not yeah. that hard, and let people enjoy. There's a, life is hard. Yeah. Let, if, if if you're you're cutting down things that people enjoy, I mean, you're making. I don't know. Just, what's the point? What's hey, the let's, point? let's you know. Let's do the good, the positive stuff. What a what a fun film. Uh, Mandalorian was awesome. Um, it just, I, I, I'm just so glad. There was a point in time that me and you both experienced that Star Wars, like, well, you know, is it coming back? Where is, yeah. is it going to, I think it's going to be more. And, you know, I know as a Star Trek fan, I know there's going to be more and more all the time. It's, it's what they do. There's a point where they're just knowing that there's going to be more Star Wars content as, as I grow older and the rest of my life, that's, that's something I'm excited yeah, about. Yeah, that's a very um, pleasurable nostalgia that we get to enjoy yeah. down, as we go on through our lives. Yeah. So I think, I, think we, uh, I think we celebrated the Star Wars happenings of 2019 and, and into 2020 pretty well here. So uh, yeah. we got another episode coming just next week. Um, we're going to switch the gears a little bit, um, talk a, a, a more critically acclaimed type higher brow i guess film we're going to be doing uncut gems next yeah. and uh so so it, just more examples of how all over the place uh we are have anything else mitch no i'm 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 all ready for uncut gems let's let's let's, uh, let's, let's dive right into it hey everybody uh thank you all for joining the party This podcast is in the loop, the Legion of Osiris podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with live experiences and podcasts about artists and topics you love. 
get in the loop at osirispod.com. <laughs>